All right, all right. Thanks for coming on the show, everybody. I am so excited for this episode. And the reason why I'm excited being a CrossFitter is because I have a very special guest today. Now, this special guest does have a partner, but because I'm a woman, she's a woman, and she was a big part of this development, and what I'm about to tell you, she has, obviously, she she got my attention. If I see a woman going two feet in with passion and love and making a difference, I'm all over it. I'm like, who who's this? Who is this person? <clears throat> so... Thank you for tuning in. We got Morgan Chalk in this episode. Morgan Chalk and her husband, I almost called her boyfriend. This is silly because they've been together for a a long time and they're not quite married yet, but they will be soon. And you know what? They've been together long enough. They may as well be married. So these two uh, have been on a rampage. They took ownership of the Ken West Games. Then they developed and moved on to Can East Games. And before that, they had experience in developing the um, their baby, which is Fight of the Fittest. And then they partnered up at the Fraser Valley Throwdown, the Okanagan Throwdown. Like these guys, just they know what's up. So if for those who don't know, the what Can West Games that they are they're flourishing. I mean, it's, it's, it's gone in a direction that I don't think that anybody really expected, but it came at such a beautiful time because CrossFit made it really, really hard to get into regionals and the games. And a lot of people who used to compete in the regionals aren't anymore. So this gives everybody something to look forward to, but what they've, what they've done, they've made this event so big, so memorable that CrossFit headquarters had even said, listen, your top female elite athletes, your top male elite athlete, and your top team elite athletes uh, will get an invite to the CrossFit Games. That is in our backyard. That's happening right here. Um, The competition, I believe it's in July. They have qualifying workouts that start in April and it's the same same type of concept as the Open Anyways, this is a game changer for a lot of our local athletes. I know a lot of people do travel all the way over here just to go to this competition. They do have a Can East uh, competition that they also do. Um, but this podcast, um, once I realized that Morgan is literally obsessed with mindset development I really felt like the conversation really started flowing good and that is something that we both have in common but also what we other the other thing that we have in common is we are mothers we have children and when it comes to mindset development especially with our little minions it is we see the importance on transferring this information to them and making them develop into confident strong little people so that they can rule the world when it's time so i want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of box talk and i am so proud to say we got morgan chalk on the show so thank you for joining us and welcome miss morgan chalk
Good morning, Morgan. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on and taking the time out. Um, I know you're a really busy lady. <laughs> no, no problem at all. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, now you're you're an hour ahead, so you've been up for a little while, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to have you on this podcast because I know you have made a huge impact um, in this community of CrossFit, obviously. Um, today, unfortunately, Jill's not joining us. Um, she's really sick. So I know oh, no. that the sickness has been like taking us over like the goddamn plague. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, Definitely experience it out here as well. Yeah, so you've been quite sick too, you were saying, is that right? Yes, I got it, my kids got it, um, and it just seems like it was lingering and not wanting to go away, and I mean, I travel so much, so it's hard to really take the time to lay down and recover from it too. Well, yeah, I mean, now when you say travel, is it, are you on the plane a lot? Plane, road trip, yeah, whatever. It depends on where we're going and how long we're going for, but mostly um, flying. Yeah, and I find that the planes, it's like a recycled air. And if someone's sick yeah. on there, you're you're bound to get it. I agree. I agree. I feel like I got sick on sick because of flying originally. So. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know um, it was a couple years ago I was flying a lot, and... Um, Every time I got off that plane, I'd get sick. And that's probably around when the essential oils got introduced into my life. And I had a girlfriend who was like, loved to make concoctions. And she made me something just to prevent sickness. And I used it the next time I went on a plane and nothing, nothing happened. I'm like, okay, is this a coincidence or did this actually work? <laughs> It's funny that you say that, actually, because when we got back from our Toronto trip and I was quite sick, my mom had gone to Sage while I was away and gotten me, um, they have some immune support, and it's an essential oil thing, and I've been using it ever since, and I, I've been fine. Oh, my god! And I never, ever, I never thought too much about that until you just said it. Right? Because it's like, because it's organic, it comes from the ground, sometimes these things happen like the results from it come a little bit unannounced because you're not Absolutely. yeah it just takes a little while right but when you think back you're like oh well that's what I changed that's what I did maybe maybe that was it and yep. I don't see anything wrong with just riding with that notion that's for sure <laughs> absolutely yeah and I mean we're we're crossfitters we're we're people who are all about putting things that are from the earth and you know good for you in our bodies right well yeah as much as you can but I mean I think I think that definitely comes within the CrossFit journey because there's so many knowledgeable people in the sport that a lot of people can come in like a little bit blind like I myself I came in not knowing anything and I'd never had so much more so much health experience and functional movement experience coming from that that I want I felt like an expert obviously I'm not but I mean I felt like I came up with so much more knowledge than um than I ever had before so that's pretty cool yeah. um it is. 
So you, you're, you've been a game changer in this, especially locally in Canada. Um, this is a, I don't want to play this down at all. I really want to play this up because, um, you've taken on something that has changed our game here. And um, because the CrossFit Open has changed so much, there really wasn't much for people to look forward to other than local competitions. Um, can we talk about, let's, let's dive right into this because um, there's a lot there and there's a lot of controversy going on. And I know CrossFit headquarters doesn't always give us the full story and whatever. I, I'm not, I'm not really interested in like what they're up to, but I am certainly more interested in what you're up to because you're, you're a female, you're a mom, you're a boss, and it is very inspiring when you see other women just kind of take charge and um, just go with the business side of things and uh, really move forward with that. So you've start well you took over your co-owner is that right it's it's yeah um well i i own um do you mean of camwest games yeah yeah yep. so it's myself and my husband seem to be husband i guess i call him my husband <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because i really don't think of myself in a way that you just said i don't sit here and be like i'm a game changer i've changed the game like i i don't think that way at all i just here in my my office and think one day at a time and you know I think of the bigger picture and break it down into smaller steps and keep going and I don't really realize how like that other people are talking about this or that it's you know making an impact in the community I, I, don't, I don't realize that yeah I guess how could you you know like when you're when you sit focused with a dream and a passion and like you said you know you're breaking it down into smaller increments so you can you know, put one foot in front of the other. What can you do? What can you do next? Um, you're really not focused on what other people are saying, but I'm definitely an advocate for everybody else uh, out there and letting you know that, that this has been, you know, a very positive thing in the sport. Definitely. Well, I appreciate that a lot. It's nice. It's nice to hear that. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're so welcome. So, um, what, how did this all start for you? Like, um, you, you took over Can West Games. It was a smaller event. I mean, it was it was bigger in our local communities, but um, it was not it was not as big as where you took it. So, uh, how did this all start for you? <laughs> um, some days I ask myself that same question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would well, I come from an event coordinating background. Um, I used to do events for a very large financial education. Speakers, um, and I did that for quite a while, and I got a lot of experience from that. And so, having a gym with Brian, who's my fiance, um, we were going to lots of competitions. He was very active competing locally, and he, like everybody from our gym, when they walked away, they were just, you know, they always had something um, to critique about it, of course, as everybody does. And every time I was at the events, I just felt like okay, I'm watching, but why am I not a part of helping? Why didn't I volunteer? Like, I want to be involved in these events because I forgot how much I loved that side of um, my life. You know, event planning was a huge part of what I loved. And really back then I was, you know, excited to plan kids' birthday parties and things like that for my children. Um, 
And then we just looked at each other on the drive home from a competition and said, let's start a competition of our own. And then our Edmonton, well, St. Albert event, Fight of the Fittest, was born out of that. And I mean, I was we have an accounting firm as well, so I was uh, running that business um, in school, pregnant, as well as had um, a one-year-old, and we planned Fight of the Fittest, and it just happened. And it was um, a very successful event from the beginning. And then as I started doing that more and more, um, I we found somebody to really step up and take over the accounting firm so I didn't have to be as heavily involved in that anymore. And I really said, what am I going to do that I really, really love? Because I only want to, you know, work at something that isn't, doesn't feel like work, that I wake up every single day and I love. And it really, like for me, it was event planning. It's something that I absolutely love. And I swear, like I kind of made that pledge to myself on January 1st. And within days, Canwest Games just kind of happened to fall into my lap. And, um, we just took it and we ran with it, and it was the beginning of March when we officially took over Can West. And I mean, that wasn't far out from the event, and the only thing that was ready for us was the venue was booked. So, holy, um, yeah, we jumped right in and um, just went with it, and it was a very exciting ride. And I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't. My husband had competed, or fiance had competed at Can West every year, and he really enjoyed it. And I hadn't been there before, so it was quite um, the interesting journey for me to go from, you know, just being behind a computer screen, planning it all out, to seeing it all come together there. It is quite the event. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. It. So I did it last summer um, as a team. I don't compete as much as I used to when I first started CrossFit. Um, I'm more like just... You know, focusing on the kids and, you know, I have my husband, I, I'm the CEO of my house. <laughs> and, That's a great term. <laughs> yeah, right? And, you know, I just, I just want to be, wanted to focus on being healthy, but I had all these years of like hard training, you know, that I had done and I'm not, I'm not like, I, I, I want to take credit for that because it was grit and I did a lot of sacrifice and, you know, like what you know a lot of um, elite athletes do I mean I'm not by any means I don't see myself as an elite athlete at all but I, I do know what I sacrificed and I was just I was just done with the the competitive nature but in last year when I did the Can West Games um, the only way I agreed to it was because I was going in as a team with some girls that are just so rad and I, they're very inspiring and I knew we were going to just have a really good time and we freaking did. We had so much fun and we didn't, we didn't place very well and that's okay. I mean, but we came out, you know, the bond was tighter. We had so many laughs. There was so much going on. There was so much entertainment um, that it was just something I'll always remember. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then seeing and I mean, that, the athletes that came out. That's the behind it right there, you know? Yeah. That's the reason why, because <laughs> there are days around the, in those five months that we had to prepare for Ken West, because it was only five months that I really, you know, put my head in the pillow and said, why are we doing this? Why did I decide that this was a good idea? <laughs> and I mean, those moments only lasted very, they were very small. Um, and then, you know, we go to the event and, you know, we do Ken West games. We did SVT, OVT, Fight of the Fittest, all of our events, and, you know, it's the re the reason why is the memories people make there are the memories we make with the team that we have along the way. We have met some of the 
our closest friends and some of the people who have become such a significant part of our life through this community and through the events. And that's it. The memories, right? That's, you can't put a price on that. You, You certainly can't. You just, you just can't. And those are the memories that shape us into the people that we are. Um, exactly. Those journeys. And I really feel like Canada was missing a piece of, I don't really know what the word is, but it was really just missing something when regionals got taken away. It was missing the competitive outlet. That piece of Canada that we could, you know, be very proud of, it went just directly to the games, which was still cool. But, I mean, when regionals left, a lot of people were really disappointed. And okay. so even before the sanctioned events were announced, we just wanted to kind of replace that and give people that competitive outlet again that was not just for elite individuals. It was for everybody, you know, skilled, intermediate, masters, everybody who wants to go out and just have a hand in the competition. I mean, nobody should be treated any better than the other. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I mean, doing what I do, uh, meeting elite athletes that I have and the people that have chosen to come on the podcast um, or that we have chosen are probably the most humbling people. You know, we all eat, sleep, shit the same, you know, at the end of the day. And, um, you know, but it is it is what we do, you know, when it comes to following our passions is where it really makes it impact and creates the memories for everybody else. Um, But I mean, it's. It's truly, I mean, it's truly something to look forward to. And yeah, you you, you definitely did good, girl. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, so you just finished Fraser Valley Throwdown. How did that go? Okanagan Valley. Oh, Okanagan, um, sorry. Yeah, Okanagan Valley. Yeah, in February. It was a really fun event. Um, it, was, it was very relaxed. It was very... Um, chill and it was a fun vibe and yeah we just again it was just the memories that we made doing that event that are some <laughs> it was a graveyard setup so we started set up at um just quarter to 11 in the night and we finished at 3 a.m <laughs> <laughs> and so i mean you have to have a good sense of humor and be working with a really fun group of people if you're going to do that so <laughs> no kidding how do you choose people to come onto your team and, and help out with these events Huh. That's a good question. It's um, you just know with people right away if they're if you're in it for the money, you shouldn't be with us because we don't do what we do for the money. Um, yeah. If we said if, if we said we were in the event business for the money, we'd be lying. Um, and so, I mean, if you have that attitude, then those people aren't a fit for us. It's the people who are here that you know want to make an impact in people's lives to do it for the right reasons, um, who want to make you know really fun memories and have the journey of a lifetime and you know when as everything grows everybody becomes successful who's involved in you know that's what the most important piece is there is the attitude the do they have a sense of humor <laughs> you know can they do graveyard setups and not complain about it for the entire four hours can you make it through canvas games without hiding in, in the bathroom and not coming out anymore you know Hamlet Games wasn't easy, and it wasn't for the faint of heart to be involved in, as a volunteer, as a judge, as you know, our staff, anything. It was a very hard event. The heat destroyed a lot of people, mm. um, and it was insanely long setup. Like our, we started setup at uh, Thursday morning at before six a.m., and we didn't finish till like midnight that night, and then we were right back there again before six a.m. on Friday. And you know, the events were insanely long days. A lot of our uh, one of our core staff didn't even get a break during the day because there was no one to take over for them. Um, we had so many um, people 
in the beginning, you know, volunteer and then not show up or, you know, pull out last minute. So we had this incredible group of staff that we flew out over 30 of our own staff and they just jumped right in. You know, accountants from our accounting firm, people from our gym, coaches, you know, people from all of our businesses and they just jumped in and stepped up and, you know, we had the group of volunteers that we did have, they were incredible, but I mean, people didn't get breaks. They didn't, they just had to help us. They had to pull through and they did and, you know, not everybody could do that. Not everybody could step up like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's certainly true. I mean, there's so many factors and things like that. Um, you never know what people are going through in their lives. You know, sometimes some people's cups are full. But there is something exactly. to be said about grit and, you know, sacrifice. And it's not like, I don't know, if you're doing an event like that, uh, it's not like it's you're doing this every day of your life. You know, when the, no. <laughs> when an event's coming, you grind it out until it's done, you know? Um, yep. I mean, yeah. I, and I would assume, too, like, with the energy that you guys are putting out, that you would just automatically attract like-minded people and people who, you know, really want to make a difference and be a part of something big. And there's a certain, it's a certain type of person that does those that kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we always say, you know, like, we wouldn't get up and do this if we didn't absolutely love it because we only want to get up and, you know, live a life where we love what we do every second of the day. And we want to teach our kids that. And, um, you know, that's just how we live. And anybody who wants to be a part of that has to have that same kind of mindset, you know? So what, what events happened in your life to get you to that mindset? Because this is something that a lot of people hold back on. Um, based on fear, uh, whatever the fear is and where it comes from. But that's what sets, um, say, you and other people apart um, for making things big, is people really hold back and are afraid to, you know, make these type of sacrifices and jumping in with two feet. What happened, what was the point in your life where this was a focus for you? That's a very deep hole. <laughs> <laughs> very long road to go down but um mm. give us a short version yeah i was uh, i was forced to grow up very young um one of some one of my closest friends somebody very close to me was killed um at a young age as i was walking to meet them um i was in a really bad accident myself where i, I couldn't be a competitive athlete anymore um when i was 15 and that was all within a year time frame um and I spent quite a long time in the hospital and back and forth. I had 13 surgeries and um, really had to grow up very young and put a strong, like, really just, you know, with something like that, there's a lot of post-traumatic stress that goes with it. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made based out of that kind of traumatic experience in your life. Do you want to just sit and mope about it and cry about it and, you know, let yourself suffer? Or do you want to choose to stand up, realize that you have to do the best that you can with the circumstances presented and put one foot forward? And keep doing that every single day. And I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't, you know, go through some pretty severe post-traumatic stress um, and things like that. You know, I battled um, after that accident. I battled with anorexia and was in the hospital for that for a little while. But it was a result of, you know, the post-traumatic stress. And so I just really realized and you know, I had some pretty strong role models in my life with my dad and my mom. But that every, every moment of my life is a decision and I decide how I'm going to live it. So do I want to sit in a corner and be upset about it and be the victim? No, I don't because that's, you know, that's, those are 
minutes that I'm never going to get back. Those are days I'll never get back. And now I'm a mom. And, you know, that comes with a significant um, responsibility as well because I want my children to grow up and know that, you know, you can be strong and it's okay to be strong. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be vulnerable. And it's okay to do what you love. And when you do what you love, everything else just comes together, you know. And that's really where that shift kind of started for me was, um, when I was 15 to 18, when all of those things happened in my life, and I really had to make decisions on how I wanted to live and how I wanted to be, you know, um, remembered by my family even, you know. So I didn't want them to look back and be like, oh, poor Morgan. I wanted them to be like, wow, she turned into such a strong person. Look at her go. Well, you got one life to live, and uh, why not make it count? That, that's, yeah. that's an impactful story because I know many people can probably relate um, it's, it's really hard to come out of those, those transitions where it's like a do or die, you know? Yeah, it, it is. Um, and I don't get into it. Like I, I don't speak about my past to people very much. I don't, I'm not afraid to talk about it. If somebody asked me about it, I would have no problem talking about it, but I'm not also somebody who's very vocal or, you know, I'm a shy person. I'm, I'm kind of quiet. I'll speak when I need to speak and, you know, take charge when I need to. But other than that, I kind of just hide away in my shell and, you know, spend a lot of time with my family. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, people just need to understand that you're in control and you you make the decision. You can decide how you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. And every single day you have the choice again and again and again. And it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be perfect. That's right. But at the end of the day, it's 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 you to decide it's your life to decide what you're going to do with it. Um, Absolutely. That's amazing. I think, I think, you know, like you don't have to tell that story. You can just see it in your actions. And um, I think that's what is so attractive about people like you is that um, just being humble in the sense that you know where you came from and you know what you want. Um, we We don't have to sit and remind people, how traumatic our life has been and the events that we went through to get here and boast about those things just to prove a point, you know? Um, I mean, it's very apparent to me seeing, uh, you taking like such a big thing on like that, that there's gotta be, there's obviously more to the story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing that, um, I think too is people just need to know their value. They need to know, how they want to live, how they want to present themselves. And I think that that's a huge thing for me as well when working with other people and the people that I decide to bring onto our team is I'm a very, very value-driven person. And um, it's written everywhere in my life that it's integrity over everything and honesty over everything. And people really need to fit into that um, in order to, you know, be a significant, play a significant role in my life. Because I'm not going to bend on that. I'm not going to ever 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 degrade my values for anybody and I think that that's super important isn't it that's that's a big um uh topic about living in our truth and obviously and you know developing that mindset to seeing our our value in things um and that is a big reason why um my passion is starting the podcast because I know that we all have something to bring to the table, but it's a matter of, are you going to live in your truth? Are you going to live in your truth? Are you going to stand in your integrity? And that's where 
you know, the impact really comes out. Um, and it, it's, it's so attractive. It's contagious. So it's I like, agree. Right? So it's like, if, if they can do it, why can't I? You know, like, there's enough of this world, you know, enough space in this world, enough people in this world that, you know, this can go around. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think the more that, you know, people who are leaders in the world, you know, leaders in their family, whatever that is, live live by their, you know, their values and their truth and aren't afraid to be vulnerable and aren't afraid to show that, the more we'll lift everybody up. And I, and I really think that, you know, change starts with you and then within your home and then it radiates out. And, you know, as a mom, and I suppose as you, you kind of mentioned somebody with some kind of influence, I, I want to live as as powerful in my own truth as I, as I can because, I mean, of my kids, I don't want my daughter being raised to see that, you know, you should you should change from who you are or, you know, you should lie or, you know, not be honest or not do things with integrity. I don't want my kids to learn that. No, and pretending something that they're not. And Exactly. This is, um, this is kind of a, a thing. I have a 13-year-old son and a 9-year-old daughter. And um, I'm really seeing the casualties with social media. Um, so, I mean, the what I've learned is that children and kids um, actually retain information a lot quicker than adults. Um, they're so impactful, which is where the detriment is. And that's where we need to play a role because... Children are a lot easier to be addicted to things rather than adults because they they do not understand the consequence. They don't have the life experience. They don't know. They don't understand moderation. Um, so when we talk about living in our truths and as parents, it is really important for us to help develop those minds and keep that creativity constant in their life so that you know, they can blossom in the way that they're meant to be blossomed. Um, but yeah, and just giving them that environment to grow into who they're meant to be and, you know, yeah. foster that and guide them and just give them space. But, yeah, I mean, when you talk about you know, seeing kids easily addicted to stuff, that's a whole other topic that I'm super passionate about. But um, Are you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Kids oh, cool. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, anything holistic, anything kid-based, like that's where... You know, my I really love and I really enjoy those topics. And you know, I have old, my son; he's easily addicted to TV and videos and things like that. And at a young age, we picked up on that very fast, and we just basically had to eliminate it all. Like he wouldn't know what a video game is now, or really even a tablet, because we just don't have it in our house. We don't even want him to really figure that out because he's so he has such an addictive personality, so quick. And it's like, wow! Like if he gets his head too far into technology. It's going to be so hard to get him out of that. So it is really we're just hard. trying to delay. We're trying to delay how much he gets involved in that as long as we can. Yeah, yeah. And then when the time comes, you know, you'll figure that out too. I mean, it sounds like exactly. you guys are on the right mind frame, right track. You know, uh, with all of that, because it's not an easy road. Um, it's not. No. How old are your kids? And everybody does. Everybody does the best they can with what they have to. Um, mm. My kids. My daughter is. Um, almost three she'll be three next week and our son is almost five he'll be five in april oh gosh i missed that yeah they are growing up too fast and that's actually super emotional i get i uh i really wish i could slow down time 
or just pa- press a pause button sometimes. No kidding. Tell me about it. <laughs> we're, we're going to homeschool them, though, so I'm super excited about that because we travel so much. We have so many things happening in our life that um, I think they could have such a cool experience um, being homeschooled and being involved in the event, you know, learning sales um, with um, we have, we also are in charge of Nova Canada and some different things here. So booths, you know, different things like that, learning how to talk about, learning how to talk to people that aren't just children too, I think will be super cool for them and getting to travel and be involved. I think they'll learn so much from that. Oh my God. Like so much. And I was just going to ask you, do your kids come with you when you guys travel? Depending on how quick of a turnaround time we're going for, um, we'll bring our son um, our daughter, she is a very wild child, very. Um, <laughs> our son is very quiet, and um, he if we give him a book or some cars or something, you won't even know he's in the room. But our daughter, she will be on the roof, hanging from a chandelier in a second. So we, we pick when we take her with us, um, but for the most part, they come everywhere. And I'm uh, very, very lucky that my mom, um, she doesn't work. Her full-time thing is to you know, help me, and so takes care of the kids for us so that I can work and do the things that I do because if it wasn't for her I wouldn't be comfortable putting them in daycare so I'd be trying to do it all at once yeah yeah and sometimes you know you really got to go with what's coming your way like obviously with your current job and what you're up to um it's 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 nice and humbling to know that you got the you know the right morals in place for the kids I mean they're obviously still young but um, you got the help and support that you need. So that's, that's really cool because, um, I mean, there's just, there's so much going on and it, it fills a lot of people's cups, uh, in such a positive way. Um, I do truly believe, uh, the importance of bringing the kids along and in involving them in, especially in these type of environments where they're constantly meeting people. Um, they're learning the type of people that you're bringing in in your life, which means, you know, you're going to be bringing in people that are like-minded with you and your husband slash fiance. We'll just call him husband. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We actually finally set a date. So it's finally happening. We've been engaged for quite a long time, but it just got put on the back burner. You know, when you, when you run so many businesses and you're always doing something that you put yourself last a lot of time. And so getting married was super on the back burner, but we finally picked a date. So oh, we're getting big... married in September. Yay! Fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, what is it like uh, working with your husband, living with your husband, uh, sharing children with your husband? What is that like for you guys? I think we, we also knew each other for a long time before we ended up together. Um, so we were already such good friends. So he's my best friend, ultimately. Like, mm. we do everything together, and we drive together. We, and, I mean, we're involved in the same things. We have the same interests. We have the, you know, the same taste in movies, music, everything. Um, so being best friends makes it super easy because there's nobody else I'd rather share all of this with. Um, so I actually feel very blessed that I get to do all of these things with him every single day. And I don't take that for granted because I could, there was a time in our life where we barely saw each other. Um, there was a time in our life where he was never home because when we first started everything, we also, we have an across, we have a CrossFit gym, a CrossFit affiliate, and it was group classes kind of. And so he was at the gym day and night running everything. 
can we, like, I felt like he was just, you know, an optical illusion sometimes. <laughs> so to have this opportunity now to actually be together every single day means so much to me because, I mean, when he was up at 4 a.m. and gone and not home till 9 p.m., that was very, very difficult, especially with little kids. And that made me question why we were doing, you know, why did we have a gym that's not, it's not worth it to, you know, not have him home. Um, 100%. So now he's involved in everything. He's with us and the kids, like with me and the kids all the time. And like you say, work together. We take the kids to the sports together. We train together. So I couldn't imagine it any other way. And for so many people out there, they don't ever get that opportunity. So I really, really truly feel that I'm blessed that I get you. 100%. And it definitely helps that you guys had already established uh, quite a bit of a relationship beforehand. So you kind of knew what you were getting into. Um, I can relate to that. I've been with my husband. Uh, we've been married since 2016. We've been together for almost 20 years. And we were best friends before we decided anything. I mean, he was like a brother to me. So I remember my mom going, I want you and David to be together. And I'm like, ew, mom, he's like my brother. (laughs) That's just how close we were. But now, um, I mean, I I just, I wouldn't have it any other way. But I'm not going to lie, marriage, especially being together for this long, it definitely has its challenges. But, um, you know, I think when you got a good head on your shoulders and you know what commitment means and teamwork means, you'll do anything you can to make it work as long as you guys are both on the same page and have the same values. Exactly. And it, right? it depends on your mindset in the relationship too. Yeah. Like I know that I'm not perfect and I can admit what I make a mistake and it's the same as him. You know, he, he, if there's something going on or if I'm feeling like I need extra help or I'm having a really difficult day, um, we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. Or if, you know, there, if, again, it's, it's always work. You always have to make it, um, active effort to choose each other every single day and that's what we do you know you have to wake up in the morning and be like you know what I'm gonna like this is gonna be a difficult day there's lots going on but you know he comes first and that's just it because if there isn't enough there's not a lot of other things either so yeah it's not easy there are days it's not easy but I mean we just you have to choose each other you have to choose you know the bigger picture for each other too like I support his goals he supports mine I love it I like when you say um I choose you every day. I yep. choose you. Um, that that's that's probably the key uh, to making any relationship work, whether it's your lover or your friend or whatever, whatever kind of relationship you have. It's like um, you know, I choose you to be my friend. I choose you to be in my life. Um, it's not an obligation. And if it is an obligation, then. You know, you got some things to work out, but um, exactly, it definitely becomes a harmonious thing um, and very quite impactful, especially when you have the children involved, because it is a great lesson. I mean, you know, as you know, you've probably done um, some inner child work um, coming from the background you've come from, the challenges yeah. you come, right? So we know that, you know, we can't always uh, control the interpretation that people have or children have but when you're in an environment where you see nothing but love and kindness and communication those things really can be worked out a little bit easier uh as the kids get older do you know what i mean absolutely yeah yep absolutely and and that's just it right everybody's on their own journey we can't control 
the journey that our kids are on, they're their own beings ultimately, but we can give them the best role model that they could have. Totally. Totally. That's so cool, Morgan. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, this conversation is going so smoothly considering we've only just met in this conversation. So, um, <laughs> we have a lot yeah, in common. Yeah, it seems like we have a lot in common. Yes, yeah, we totally do. Totally do. So, what what's next for you guys? Uh, you're planning the CanWest Games. I'm assuming that you got, you know, things on the roll for that for the summer. Um, how's that looking for you? Good. So, right now we're... Um, over our heads really planning for Can East Games and Can and then Fight of the Fittest, which is the Canadian National Championship this year, and then um, Can West Games. So three events with you know, in two months. But we have a really great team of people. We have a we've been traveling a lot out to we actually just got back from Vancouver. We were out there um, scouting venues for the twenty twenty event as well as um, at Percy Perry Stadium for this year coming. Um and we were in Hamilton recently with the venue for Ken East and, you know, just wow. getting it all organized, getting it all done, making sure all the pieces are in place. Yep. That's and then we're traveling to a few other events and doing a few other things between now and then, but our primary focus is the event by far. So cool. Wow. That's a lot. Okay. So, um, we have a lot of CrossFitters that listen to the podcast. And I know that the sanctioned events and the whole turnaround with CrossFit is a little bit confusing. Can you help dumb it down for everybody? Is that is that a broad Which, question? I don't know. That is a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what exactly would help people understand it, do you think? Well, okay, so... Now, your event, your CanWest event, um, has been crossed with... Has it been crossed with the CrossFit headquarters as far as making this um, something that counts towards regionals? Is that right? So the CanWest Games for 2020 will be a sanctioned event. And what that grants us is to be able to put CrossFit in our name, but also the winners of the elite men and the elite women division, as well as the elite team of four, will get an invite to the CrossFit Games. Okay. Well, that's really dumbing it down. <laughs> so, yeah. do you do you have to converse with Dave Castro about all this too? Is... I haven't been in touch with Dave Castro, no. Oh, okay. I always I have no it. idea, to be quite honest, what his role or involvement is. That I, I was know. just gonna say that I I'm really not sure what his role is, um, and what involvement he has, but. Nevertheless, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, everybody seems very eager to know. Everybody seems to miss Dave Castro, which is so funny because the whole thing before was um, nobody, everybody was like, oh, Dave Castro, Dave Castro, and now everybody misses him. It's so funny because he made such an impact in our industry, such an impact. Well, he was the face of... He was the face. Everybody yeah. just, you know. He, he announced the open workouts. He told people what's up. You know, he was always on doing his videos and social media and all that He was that the only stuff. person we really, you know, got to hear from Yeah. Him and Rory. Yeah, I was really, um, I did not know what to expect when they announced the open workout. Uh, so when I went on CrossFit.com, I noticed there was a UK 
French and uh, Britain, I guess, were the only options. And so I went to the UK. I clicked on the UK, and then there was Sandberg's getting ready to do the, do the workout. Um, and God, that woman blows my mind. Jesus. I know. She's so fit. Holy shitballs. I mean, I'm 37. She gives me hope. <laughs> Not hope that I'm going to ever make the games, but hope in the sense that I, I don't have to feel old. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to limit myself because of my age. And I know there's a lot, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I'm so old or you're too old to do that. Or, you know, um, I don't, I'm not as fit as I used to be. And I'm like, I feel the complete opposite. Like, I feel like I'm fitter than I ever have been. I do not feel old. I don't feel like I look old. Um, I feel like I got so much in the tank for what I'm capable of. Um, and I just think that she plays a really big role in a lot of people for that. I just, I just love her. I truly believe that age is a privilege denied to many and that you need to live every single moment with your full potential as much as you can. Yeah. And I really feel like she embodies that. Oh, 100%. 100%. And she killed that workout. She did. She nailed it. She did. <laughs> yeah. So did you do it? Did you do the open workout? No, I didn't do it. We were traveling a lot. Um, yeah. Brian did it, and a lot of people at our gym did it. And I had my son's um, final indoor soccer game. And to be quite honest, I only have so much, so many cells in my body to give. So I just <laughs> use it very wisely. And um, <laughs> there's only so much stress your body can handle. And last year, um, during all of this, I let my health really suffer. And I don't oh. want to do that again this year. So, Nope. And that's number one. That is, you know, if I know for me, like um, my my focus in the last, I don't know, well, since my kids have been born, I've really put them, like, I've been in a position where I can really focus on them, and so I did that, yep. and now, I'm not saying my job's over or anything, but um, I know that if my cup feels full, I certainly will pull back from the gym or anything else that will sacrifice my health, for sure, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I still train all the time with Brian, but I just have changed my direction and my thought process on training, so I just you know, do moderate effort cardio and a lot of um, functional bodybuilding stuff. And yeah. I don't I do not do heavy Metcons. I don't do things that really stress my body out just because your body can only process so much of it. And, you know, my fam- I have to be able to be present for my family as well. So That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because those, those heavy Metcons, they're, they're really hard on the body. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you're doing it all the time. And I've listened to elite trainers and um, – people who uh, create, you know, these amazing programs and stuff. And, you know, it's been proven more and more that these heavy Metcons are are not always necessary all the time. Um, Yeah, you know. Depends on what your goals are. What direction do you want to go in? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, I mean, the stats are there. And, um, yeah, so it's... um, it definitely, it definitely depends where your goals are at. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, that's so cool, Morgan. So if, if you were to have a message to the world, now that, you know, let's pretend the world is listening and you want 
you want to share? What it, What is it that you want to get across? What is it that you want people to take from, you know, your message? What is it? I think the most important thing for me are that, and this sounds so cheesy to an extent, but be the change you want to see in the world. There's so many of us out there that just, you know, we hope, we want things to change, we want, you know, to make an impact, but it starts with you. The change starts within yourself, and you ultimately have that power to make an impact, even if it's just within your family, because that affects your, it, it affects your family, and then, you know, as a result, they're different, and then they, you know, present that to the people within their circle, and the change just radiates out. So, I mean, if you're living a very value-based and integrity-driven life, and you do things for the right reasons, other people are affected by that. And uh, together, I mean, as a whole, then, the world's affected by that. So I think that it's a lot easier to make an impact in the world than people think it is. And don't be afraid to unapologetically live the life that you really want to live. Oh, that's so powerful. I feel like I'm not very well-spoken today, but... (laughs) No, you are. You are. You're, You're sending out a very clear message. And I mean, that's okay. We're gonna have better days than others. Um, yep. The thing is, is just not being afraid to be who you are and embrace that. You know, with that being said, I sometimes these things are so much easier said than done, right? Um, I it's know. Work every day. It is, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, so when you are in that fearful state and you want to get from A to B, it's like that that path, that journey can look different for everybody. And I really encourage people to live within that journey and not be so quick to get to that B from A to B. Absolutely. Right? Like it's that journey in between is what will create that story for you, something that that's your legacy at the end of the day. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, there's no way you could you could have come on this podcast and say the things that you had said had you not lived in your failures in life, you know. And the, the thing is, is there's little things that happen every single day, and it's just how you choose to respond to that, not react to it, respond to it. Because if I had to respond to every or react to every little thing that happened that I perceived as a failure or a setback, I don't think I would be where I am today. And I mean, it's your attitude that ultimately determines. how you perceive that outcome and I try and perceive it with the best attitude that I can so that I can make a a very smart decision on how to respond to that in the moment and you're right you have to feel it you have to be within that in that perceived failure because I don't really think it's a failure it's a lesson and just embrace it and be like I know that I'm going to look back on this in a year and it's all going to make sense I'm going to know why I went through that I'm going to know that the, the message that I was meant to learn from that I just have to be open to feeling that and being there. Yeah, feeling it. Yeah, because I mean, when we when like when I say failure, I mean in the sense, I mean that in such a positive way because I do of not course. see that as a negative thing. I think if, nope, it's not. No, like if you if something does not go the way you want it to go and it did not work out, yes, maybe it failed, but it doesn't. It that's that's such a good thing, really, because that means if. You can persevere and try again. You know what you need to do. You know what exactly. direction you need to do. You know what to avoid. You know what not to do, but you know what you need to do. And I think those lessons are so, so important. So I don't know if you listen to Gary Vanderchuk. I mean, he is a huge advocate for failure. 
Fail, fail, fail. Fail as many times as you can. Look forward to these failures. so much from it. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much to be said about all that. Um, Is there anything else that you want to add to the podcast before we wrap her up? I think that's everything. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It was very cool. Yeah, well, hang on to the line. Don't hang up. But I just, I do want to thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, I know, you know, your time is very valuable. And this, this podcast, this segment holds a lot of value. And I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this. So I'm really, really excited to share this with everybody, especially with everything coming up. And we have so much more to look forward to based on all the work that you and your man are doing. Um, Yeah, I just, I can't say enough about it. I just want to thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Yes. All right. Ciao for now. We just want to take a second to thank everybody so much for their support and feedback and to all of our listeners. We have met lots of people on our journeys and we have been just touched by people's feedback and what they're saying about the podcast and how everybody's always looking forward to the next episode. But what would what would actually serve us the most and the best with these reviews is actually to go and rate and review the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so far we don't know how to rate and review on all of our platforms. And um, let's lift out our platforms right now where you can find us. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts. That one's pretty straightforward. Um, Google Podcasts. You were just looking that one up. Yep. Is it super straightforward as well? Uh, it gets a little complicated. Okay. So by, you know, we have lots of platforms. Yeah. Like- um, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Public. Stitcher. Yeah, like I don't know what everybody listens to and what they're, um, you know, downloading their music and podcasts from. But the only way right now that we understand is that you can go to Google, no, no, sorry, iTunes podcast. Yes. Right? Now you can't, you can't hashtag podcasts to find them. So when you go and search, uh, and if you're not sure what our podcast is called, say, like, if we got a bit of brain fart, you can type in health. Um, but we're not going to be right there for everybody to see because we don't, we're, we want to have our ratings up a little bit higher so that we can just show up. Yeah. Right. And in order to do that, ideally we need your help people. Yes. We need you to go to the iTunes app and search bar box talk podcast and go to your rate and reviews this is very straightforward in the other platforms it can get super confusing but this is the best way we can describe um, to hit our goals so it's very important to us Mm -hmm. if it's important to us i know it's important to you guys (laughs) right so we're gonna sign off on that beautiful note and again thank you so much for listening we love you all thank you Thank you.